More than 20 people from Haman's Graal near Pretoria have died amid a cholera outbreak that has thus far claimed 32 lives across three of the country's nine provinces. International humanitarian organization UNICEF says researchers conservatively estimate there is many as 4 million cholera cases and over 143,000 deaths across the globe per year. In Amanskral's Kanana, Kamukhelo Stock's grandmother, Sarah Tlomelang, was one of the first fatalities reported from the Jubilee District Hospital, which continues to see patients who are presenting with cholera-related symptoms such as nausea, vomiting and diarrhea. Stock, who was also treated for similar symptoms, details the night her 75-year-old grandmother fell ill. Coco went to bed and then she started saying that the cramps are getting to be severe. During course of the night, around 10 p.m., Coco, she was very weak. I was starting now to help Coco to walk, taking Coco from the bedroom to the restroom because, you know, she couldn't move on her own. Every time she tried to move on her own, she would just fall. She was weak. And then Friday morning, I, it was another story. Coco started vomiting now. Everything that Coco consumed was coming back. I sent my brother a call back that, mm-hmm. and then we took Coco to Jubilee Hospital. Anxious, but still hopeful she'll get assistance, Stock, who recently gave birth, sent her ailing grandmother to Jubilee Hospital with her younger sister. What she describes next suggests several breaches of the guidelines on how to deal with a cholera patient. I had to send my sister there because she came back around 9 p.m. the same Friday. She was like, hi, Kuku has not been admitted yet. But Kuku went to hospital early, 9 p.m. now. What do you mean? I don't know. The only thing that they do, they took Kuku's blood sample, Bochekahore, what's wrong with Kuku. So right now, Kuku is wet. Kuku never samutinia diaper because Kuku was worse. Kuku couldn't even work. And then my younger sister couldn't lift Kuku up for a musical trailer. So everything just was mess, mobility. She had her atlini Kuku and herself. The cleaners were not there. How Kuku avonita, she had her atlini move. Tomelang was laid to rest last month with no material assistance from the government. Several kilometers away in Temba, 21-year-old Stelisile Ngube lost her two young children just days apart. On the 17th of May, 9-year-old Mavis Ndlovu fell ill and was declared dead hours later. Ngube says as she was reeling from the death of her daughter, her son, 5-year-old Deki, began showing signs of the same illness. On Wednesday, I saw that the first child was not well. She couldn't even stand up. That's when I took her to the clinic. There they sent me to Jubal Hospital, and by 4 o'clock, the child had passed away. The second one was playing on Friday, but by midnight, I was up running around with him. By midday, he was gone. When they did the test, they said it was cholera. Seven days later, the family, which is originally from Zimbabwe, gathered under a tree with members of their church outside the dilapidated house they call their home. At the time, Mube said they were struggling to scrape together the 11,000 rand they needed to bury the children. A relative later confirmed that they managed to make an arrangement with the undertaker and the children were finally laid to rest. But the family still owes 4,000 rand for the burial. Tswane Mayor Celia Brink and Water and Sanitation Deputy Minister David Mashlobo promised affected families would receive assistance, but exactly what that would constitute was not immediately clear. 
While some, like Stock, say they did receive some emotional support, the same can't be said for Ngube. What both have in common, however, is the insistence that they only drank the water delivered by the city's tankers. I never buy water because I can't afford it. I'm unemployed and I was living with migraine. So we couldn't afford to buy water. So we used this water that they were delivering to us from the tank. We never used our tap water for cooking or brushing teeth or whatsoever. Or in, in general, we never consumed that tap water. We were only using the trap water. Mm-hmm. Here I am. I'm busy preparing a funeral for my granny. Whereas she was drinking that water, they claimed that it was good. In response to the crisis, the city deployed more than 50 water tankers to Hamans Graal and surrounding areas and increased the frequency of its deliveries. It maintained the tankers had been cleared and were not the source of the outbreak. Health authorities, however, say there should be further investigations with the health minister, Joe Pasha, warning that the origins of the deadly bug may never be established. Meanwhile, politicians have pointed fingers at each other after different administrations under the ANC and the DA, which is still at the helm through a coalition agreement, failed to resolve Hamaskral's water problems. Tony EFF leader Obageng Ramabodu has taken it a step further, laying a criminal complaint at the Temba police station against the DA, the city's current mayor and the municipal manager, blaming them for the cholera-related deaths. We've opened a case of murder against the DA, Tshwane Municipality, Silas Brink and uh, the city manager, Johan Medler, because we are of the view that as the ones who are leading the city of Tshwane, it was their responsibility to give the people of uh, Hamanskral clean water. It was not a favor, it's the human right of the people of Hamanskral, it's their right to get clean water. And after we have received a few results, we have confirmed that this is as a result of cholera. We are also going to consult with our senior councils to see if we can represent families on how can they sue the municipality. As authorities scramble to offer solutions and explanations for how the disaster came to be, bereaved families want justice and accountability. And that's where community activist and lawyer Moafrika Wamaila comes in. We are at the current stage organizing the families of those who lost their loved ones, those who have been admitted in hospital, to take a legal action, to take at last legal action on behalf of all the people of Hamanskral who have been affected. We are mobilizing the community of Hamanskral to demand the city of Tswane to scrap off all the debts of water from past 10 years since the water has become too worse. And equally so, we are demanding that the community must be given a free water since there is no clarity and surety that the water that they are given is a water that is usable. Nobody must pay for water that is killing them and that is dirty. However, attorney and legal commentator and Tabiseng Tubazana says... Even if a class action lawsuit is a feasible option for the affected, this may be a very lengthy process. Now you need to now show um, the amount of damages and loss and all of those things that have been suffered by the family members who had to bury their, well, their family members if they were breadwinners how much this person was earning, what contributions they were doing to the household, and what this is going to lead to. If there are minors involved, how much um, this person was earning and how much it was going towards the education. And therefore now these two uh, government um, spheres, inclusive of the contractor, would now be obliged, or putting the papers, you'd be saying that they are obliged to pay out X amount, which will cater 
for the miners going all the way up until varsity because this would have been the life expectancy of this person. And if there are miners who have died from what we know, we look at what their calculation would have been, what the potential calculation of their earnings would have been should they have continued with school and all of those things and then the damages of that are then calculated and they are detailed in our papers to say this is where we would have been had this child not died in the manner that they have done. Um, and also those ones who are currently in hospital who have not died. We're looking at their medical expenses, anything, any kind of treatment they would have to undergo after being released from hospital due to whatever damage that has um, happened in their bodies and, and all of those things. So it's going to be quite a lengthy um, lawsuit because it has to be accompanied by numerous medical uh, affidavits and confirmations of what happened and what the possible outcome could have been for those who have died, what the possible outcome is going to be for those who are currently hospitalized, and then testing the waters to see if there's any way that they're going to be purified, what the cost implications of that is going to be. People who are currently forced to buy water because they can't drink from the taps, all of those things are going to be quite a lengthy, lengthy lawsuit should anyone um, decide to start it. She says this can be achieved without evidence of the exact source of the outbreak. That's the beauty of our civil court. It's on a balance of probabilities. It is not on a situation where it's beyond reasonable doubt, unlike criminal court. So if you can show that who happens to live in the area, I drank water within two, three days of my being there, I felt sick. And then when the doctors confirmed it was due to cholera, and I was in Hammanskal, therefore it can be deduced that it was from the water that is within that region. And then the courts can work from that. Remember, only all you need to do is prove a 1% liability on behalf of the respondent. That's it. You don't need to prove more than that. And once you do that, then the court can work from there. Dubazana, however, says the people of Hamanskral may try to force an immediate intervention as some residents already want the municipality to do away with the tankers and rather install filters and purifiers in each home. So the urgency of this is there. It is apparent and it's glaring. So we need to make a, an application that whatever that the water and sanitation and municipality are currently doing, if it's not working, they make an application for an interdict to stop whatever they're doing and put in measures that are going to assist the uh, residents of Hamanskral to get clean water. But if there's nothing that is being done, just a normal motion court, but on an urgent application to say, these are the things that the municipality can do in the interim to ensure that the residents of Hamanskral get clean and purified water and therefore ensure their constitutional right to having um, clean water. I think it is a matter of necessity. The country is already in a vicious cycle of court victories that order the government to do what it's supposed to do, but these aren't implementable primarily because of government's own failure to protect its coffers and build and maintain the much-needed infrastructure. The DA, ANC, local government and national government have all had some role to play in where Hamasklau finds itself today. And with all these competing interests, will anyone ever be held to account?